You're listening to Talk Amongst Friends. Uh, my co-host Carrie will not be here tonight. I'm Kayleen. I have Mary, Kim, and D'Angelo with me tonight. We're going to be talking about prejudice, discrimination, racism, and uh, what it's like in the United States today, considering all the things we've been through for the last four years. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. good. How are you? Good. How are you? I am good. I am good. So this is a topic that I knew was going to come up and that it was going to be part of this show at some point. Um, so I just kind of want to want to start off by sharing um, my results because I sent my stuff in my DNA to see what I was because I've been curious um, all my life. I've identified as a Hispanic, right? Because of my mama and my upbringing. It's always been that way. Beans, chili, rice, the whole nine yards, tortillas. That's that's what my life has been. And, um, when I sent in my, my, uh, my DNA to get it tested, um, I had no idea what was going to come back. And, um, I will say that I was a little shocked, um, but I'm going to share that with you guys right now. So I, so it comes back as 39.1% African, which apparently everybody else knew this, but me, um, I'm 30% Mexican get this 24.5% European 24%. That's huge. I'm white y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, and then I'm, I'm 6.5% Asian. So that's hilarious. So yeah. So I thought this was interesting because I was always brought up in a, you know, I was brought up in a Hispanic home. So that's how I identify, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, one of my friends is going to be here, but she couldn't make it. And she is actually half Mexican, half black, but she identifies with her black side. So it would have been really interesting as well to hear from her. But um, I will tell you, it has been tough. It's tough being dark in America. Okay. It, it really is. Um, you know, I've been in like denial about my other side for years, you know, uh, I was convinced that I was Puerto Rican and, you know, that's different because that's not black. And I know that that sounds crazy. People are saying, oh, well, you know, minorities or whatever can't be prejudiced, can't be discriminatory. Yes, we can be. Yes, we are. We're just as much to blame as as some people. But the difference is you don't see us, you know, in the streets, you know, Mexican power, you know, really like that. Um, mm-hmm. So some of my experiences with this, um, it's become normalized to me because it's normal. Now, when things happen to me in public, where somebody's following me in the store at Walmart, anything like, it's just like normal now. It's like, whatever, you know, like it, it, it really doesn't phase me like it did, like it used to when I was younger. However, it still happens. It happens all the time. Um, I'll just give you an example. We, we went to Nebraska to meet my partner, Tina's parents to get a camper that we were buying from them. So we stopped off in Nebraska and I can't think of where we stayed, but we stayed at like a, a trailer park camp place and they had a pool and trampoline and all this stuff. And so we decided we were going to take Ramon to the pool and there were like maybe four people in that pool. So when we got to the pool area and he got in the water, I shit you not, every single one of those people got out. All of them. Mm. They got out of the water. Yeah, they got out of the water and they like jetted. And I know what it was about. It was about his skin color. That had nothing to do with, hey, we're ready to go home had nothing to do with that. You, you know, you just know these kind of things. And, um, on that same trip, we went to, uh, Outback and not Outback, uh, Texas Roadhouse. We went to Texas Roadhouse to eat. And, um, 
it was like I was in the front and then it was Ramon and then it was Tina and then her parents. So I was like the first one at the counter. The lady literally looked past me, looks at Tina's mom and says, how many are in your party? And mm. me and Tina looked at each other. We were just like, is this lady serious right now? Mm-hmm. Like I, I was standing right there and she literally looked right over me and, you know, turned to them. But, you know, I don't really believe that they got it, that they understood what was happening, but I did. And so did Tina because it happens to us all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, this whole, this whole thing for me was hard because as a, as a child, I was teased. I was teased bad because of the color of my skin. Um, I was called a nigger. I was called all kinds of words. You can probably every single word you can imagine, you know, as a kid. And, um, you know, that's learned behavior. That's learned behavior from your parents. Mm. Um, my mom never taught us to be that way, but in a sense, we kind of were. Um, it's amazing how racism, prejudice, and discrimination can actually, what's the word I want to say, shape you, can actually mm. shape you. Because when I was little, I have, I have four older sisters. I will never forget this. They're all used to say, you're going to marry a black man or you're going to be gay or, you know what I mean? I mean, think about how much that, that scars you guys, you know, think about how much that can scar you. So, you know what I did? I made sure I married a white man. Number one, Mm. (laughs) I had gay friends, but you weren't going to see me hanging out with them. Right. And then now look at me, I'm about to marry a woman, go figure. (laughs) (laughs) But so it's, you know, it's been a rough ever since, you know, all this COVID stuff started and everything on the racial tension and all that it's made me. And then, I've had these test results for two years or two years. I just haven't shared them with anybody because I just have to, I had to reconcile that within myself that, Hey, you know what? A big percent of percentage of who I am is, is half black. It's Nigerian. And I haven't, it was hard for me to accept that. I don't think I started accepting that until this year. However, I still identify with my Mexican half because that's how I was brought up. But now I have to go and look at that DNA and I have to admit that, you know what? I have a large percentage of black in me. And I even did another test, which came back a few weeks ago. And it was very similar to this. But, um, you know, it, it, the way I see it is in the United States, it's kind of like you don't choose to be black. You don't choose to be gay. You, those, are, those aren't choices. I mean, I think if you're bi, maybe you can make a choice. Like I've made a choice to be with Tina because that's who I want to be with. But if there had been a guy in the picture, I would totally be with a guy. But um, I just kind of wanted to start out talking about my own stuff, you know, especially stuff that I've had to reconcile, you know, especially um, I think everybody around me knew that I was half black or whatever, 40 percent. But, you know, I was still in denial, you know, mm-hmm. even even today, sometimes I'm still in denial because I'm working through it because it's hard. It's hard. I'm working through it right now. But um, I kind of want to hand it off to you guys. If anybody else has anything to say, feel free to chime in. And I had a talk thought. about your experience. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, I had a thought because I know that um, when I met you, um, I thought that you had black in you when I met you. Um, so I think that's interesting to hear how um, it was hard for you to accept the fact that that was uh, in your bloodline. But I, I can relate to you when it comes to the experience that you had when you were in Oklahoma. Uh, when I was mm-hmm. younger, um, we were actually brought up in a military family. So the, the type of woman that my mother was and my father, my stepfather, they did not, we didn't see color. I didn't, I didn't even think anything about color. I didn't see color until we went overseas to Germany 
and I was verbally abused by a white child that was American. Wow. In an international school. Okay. It was American. What does that tell you? American. Yeah. The German, I never received any type of, of, I never heard anything offensive from any of the Germans that we were in the, you know, around, uh, even in school, I was not harassed by the Germans or anyone because I was in an international school. So we, it was everybody from all over the world in there. Okay. I kid you not. Her mother was a teacher at the school and she had the audacity to call me a nigga in the class. Um, and her mother stood up, came over there and slapped her in her face and said, don't you ever say nothing like that again. And so when I went, I was looking at her like, well, what did she say? Because I didn't know what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. So when I got home, I told my mom what happened. She said, that's a very, very unkind word. Don't you ever say it. And if someone calls you that, don't accept it. Mm. Do not accept it. She said that she and she she does what any mother would do. uh, Help me to appreciate that something obviously was wrong in the house. She must have heard it somewhere. But it was her mother handled it, so don't worry about it no more, you know. And so from that point on, uh, being like I said, being in being a military environment, we we had friends of all races, you know. Uh, the military in itself forms its own family, mm-hmm. and so we had, like I said, every race. So when I moved back to the when we moved back to the United States, my friend, her name is Lee, she's white. Her parents just kind of adopted me. My stepfather was, he had some problems. So her dad like literally adopted me. He had, I was with them probably more than their kids. So, so we had went to dinner. We all had went to dinner in Austin, Texas. And, um, same thing that happened to you to Kayleen. This late, the, the waitress came up. She had already pre-counted. Uh, she just assumed, I mean, it was so, it was so bold. She said, so, um, I have seven in your party. And he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was, uh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, six. It was, she said, I have eight in your party. And he was like, no, there's nine. She said, I only see eight. He said, you don't see my baby sitting right here. This is my child. You need to include her. So there's nine. And he said, and when you, why you at it, let me speak to your manager. How are you going to make that type of assumption? Right. Do you know how you just made her feel? I mean, he, he didn't play. He was very protective, even though he wasn't my dad. But Good. to this day, that's my daddy, okay? His name right. is Jen Matthews. That's my daddy. Red head, blue eyes, okay? <laughs> and I just love him to death. I mean, um, so I never I never saw um, the, the the that type of hate before. Because, I mean, it, 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 you could see it in her face. Like, she was just, like, making sure that they knew she had no business being with them. I had no business being with them. Okay. Mm. So then the next right. time I dealt with a situation, girl, it was terrible. I, um, there was a guy who I was interested in. His parents were, I know Italians are considered white also. Yeah. And the Mexicans he, were. yeah. And he, um, I'm a beautiful <laughs> girl and I'm sorry. I, I was like, didn't expect it because I'm looking at myself like, and I don't think I'm ugly. Okay. But I was like, way out of my league because the boy was gorgeous so i was like uh he 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 came to me we we had met through some friends and um anyway 
he had expressed how he liked me. Girl, I was caught off guard completely. So then they took, so then we, we, we had went to Austin, came back, went to his parents' house and he had wanted to, he had told me to come in the house with him. Now, mind you, we didn't have any type of inappropriate physical contact, nothing like that. And, uh, he said, I want you to just wait for me. I said, I can wait in the car with the other friends. He was like, no, I want you to come in with me. So I didn't know what he had planned on doing, but he brought me in the house, takes me to, they had two living rooms, takes me to the first living room. And I'm sitting there, and before he left me, he kisses me on my hand. That's the first time he's ever showed any type of physical affection, right? His mom saw him do it. Beautiful woman. Saw him do it. She comes in there, and she says, what's going on? He said, what are you talking about? She said, "Um, I need to talk to you right now. His name was Curtis. She said, I need to talk to you right now. He said, what's the problem? He said, if you have anything to say, say it here. What is it? I don't understand why you're so upset. What happened? She told him, I do not agree with this. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, I saw what you did. She said, I saw you what you did. She said that um, you have, I don't want any half breeds in my family. Girl, I was like, did she just call me a horse? I was like, oh my God. So I'm now mind you, I'm 17 at the time, right? The way my heart felt. I have never felt nothing like that before. And Mm. the first thing I thought was I could destroy this boy's family. That's, that's the first thing I thought. And I refused. I I mean, you know, being from a family oriented environment, I'm not going to be the cause of somebody else's division. And, you know, being young, had I had the maturity I had today, I wouldn't, I would have chose differently. Right. Because because at that time. Right. Because at that time, I'm thinking, uh, 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 I'm not going to cause that type of strife in nobody's family. And she did. She kept talking. Girl, he was so upset. He grabbed my hand. He said, come on. And we left. So we broke up. It was very hard Mm -hmm. to break up with him. I broke up with him and I left the state. I couldn't deal with it. And um, and it's so funny because he married that white girl she wanted him to be with. And guess what? He divorced her. They're not together today. He's by himself, like I am. (laughs) That's what happens when you got, you know, when you got parents that are influential over their Mm -hmm. children. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that I kind of have the same issue happen to me when I was in high school. I was Mm -hmm. started to see this guy. We started to get close. He was white, and I will never forget this. His parents, like, he came to me and he was in tears. He was like, "I'm sorry, I can't see you no more." My parents said, "I can't see you because you're black." And blah, 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 blah. Dude, I was pissed. I was pissed. And you know what? He ended up marrying somebody from high school who was white as well, which you know that comes from learned behavior from your parents. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Wow. But it yeah. runs so deep. I mean, I think the thing that you ladies illustrate is what I have found to be true. I'll own my own stuff. What I have found to be true is that not an in international culture, but in American culture, mm-hmm. racism runs so deep. And there's a difference between prejudice and racism. Mm-hmm. We all prejudge people based right. on what we see. Correct. We mm-hmm. judge them to be nice. We judge them to be mean. We judge them mm-hmm. to be outgoing. We judge them to be shy. So there's mm-hmm. a difference between prejudging people and letting that prejudgment dictate how you treat them and right. how you allow them yep. to function in your world. Right. But racism, 
is so ingrained in this nation mm-hmm. that people actually use it to define themselves. Mm-hmm. I never forget mm-hmm. I was in high school and I was watching the movie Mississippi Burning. Mm, I've seen it. Yep. No, mm-hmm. and quote was a young white male having a conversation with an older white male. And he said to him, if you're not better than a nigger, what are you better than? Mm. And I think what we have difficulty accepting about America is that America came out of a class system. When they came from Great Britain to settle Americas, they were a people attempting to escape having been relegated to the lower end Mm. of the social stratosphere. Right. And having Mm -hmm. no way to climb out of that lower end, Mm -hmm. having no way to attain what they saw in the aristocracy. So they came over here and like so many victims, they became victimizers. Mm. They found people that they could relegate to the position they held. Mm-hmm. And that is why I think even today in 2020, you see those who clutch at racism and hold on to racism. You see why they are so desperate. I was mm-hmm. watching the faces of people in our recent political environment. And there is a desperation in their face with that anger. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, they're spewing venom and yes, they're just being hateful. But there is a desperation to hold on to something that makes me somehow better than, that is so absolutely apparent. And it's translated even among those who are marginalized. Like you were saying, Kaylee, it was hard for you to come to terms with the degree of Black or African that you had in you. That is historical. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, even within marginalized groups, race has been further marginalized. Look at the suffragist movement. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in 1913, when Ida Wells, Ida B. Wells, and the Black women who were in support of Elizabeth Cady Stanton and that whole women's suffragist movement wanted to participate in the march in Washington, D.C., Elizabeth and those women actually asked them to walk at the back of the march. Not surprised because it wasn't you. It wasn't really about everybody voting or everybody being equal. Mm-mm. I mean, let's be, let's be about real. Them. I mean, that was mm-hmm. about them, but they used mm-hmm. whoever they could to make it better, right? Mm-hmm. But it was about women, but it was about white women. And that right. Right. Even there in the LGBTQ plus movement, it wasn't until 2017 that the flag finally got a black and brown stripe. And it wasn't until 2018 that the transgender pastels were added. So even within marginalized communities. Yes you see further marginalization on the basis of race. And there's only two in America. There's black 
and there's work. If you look at the forms that you fill out, even when you look at your life, yes, yeah, and you right. earlier, Kaylee, you're considered white, yep. and then there's an ethnic category for you. Right. My mom, my mom drank from the white drinking fountain when she was in school, and they had it was black and white. She drank out of the white. Her birth certificate says that she's white. That's right, because technically, by law, mm-hmm. she is. There's mm-hmm. only two races in America. There's either mm-hmm. black or there's white. They don't even define any other race. Other. It's you, you're right, Mary. If you read the forms. You're right. Yes, you the whole other thing. And I've never filled out the other part, but I always skip that section because I'm like, you're right. limiting me on what I am and what I can say, you know, like on the census, whatever. But um, mm-hmm. or even a college admissions application, they will ask you what race you are. Yes. And then they will ask you what ethnicity you are. Right. And if you are Latino, right, for that race section, what do you put down for the other section? You're like, white race. Right. Like what race are you going to put down? Because I have to do the same thing with. Yeah. It's Hispanic, black or other. Like it's. It's like, I don't understand it either, but I, I wish that we could get rid of this whole, I understand why we need black. I understand why we need Hispanic and I understand why we need, you know, white because of what I do for a living, you know, being a dispatcher used to be a call taker. You got to have somebody's description. So that makes sense. But as far as race goes, we are all human. We are mm-hmm. all human, but we are not all taught that either. We are not, I mean, it's all about mm-hmm. black and white. It really is. And, yeah. you know, for me, you know, fighting through school was not fun because that's what I did when I was a kid. I fought every freaking single day because somebody was calling me a nigger. All yeah, that's crazy. It's it I think it's sad because, because I didn't fit in. I didn't fit in. I didn't fit in deep. Mm-hmm. I didn't fit I in think with it... black people and I didn't fit in with Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Black people, I was too light. Mexicans, I was too dark. And it's funny because if you ever go to Mexico, which I know you guys have probably been, they're darker than I am. Way darker. Mm-hmm. Darker than me too. And when I got there, when I got there, when I, when I went on a cruise years ago, we stopped off. I'll never forget this. We stopped off in Cozumel and everybody was trying to talk to me in Spanish. And they were like, what do you mean you don't speak Spanish? I was like, I'm with my peeps. I, I felt like I was at home. I mean, it was, it, it was mm-hmm. crazy. But um, mm. I, I don't know. I think a lot of this is learned behavior. And, mm-hmm. you know, this this to me all stems around this whole election, too. Um, number 45 dickhead that he is has mm. you know brought racism to the forefront Ooh. again it's all back into the forefront it's never gone away it's always been there i, I was but gonna say never kayleen been. it's been there he just right. made people be able to come out yes open yes. their curtains open their closets yep, yep. Yeah. that's exactly what it is exactly what mary just said and that was you know part of my point here is that you know his followers and i do say followers because it's like a cult it is believe everything that comes out of this guy's mouth. And I don't understand because to me, this comes down to a moral issue, you know, where, where, you know, as a a standing president is invoking this kind of stuff, you know, this kind of racism, this kind of discrimination, all that stuff. And it's, it's now at the forefront again. And it makes me angry. Like I was like, I'm like in a spot where I've never been before, where I'm just angry. Like, you know, how can you support him and support me at the same time? I mean, I've got, you know, some of us got triple whammies going on, you know, Mexican, black, bi, and then you're a woman. 
that's like a that's four things that that's a like a four i mean is there such thing as a dank four-edged sword you're you're it you know well and i think you said something mary that is really the point they do not racism does not recognize equal humanity no. the reason i mean look at the very constitution of this nation the founding document would not have even been ratified. They could not even agree to sign the Constitution unless they put in the Madison Compromise, which said that Black folks, slaves, could only be counted as three-fifths of a human being. Yep. And then only for the purposes of giving the white slave owners greater numbers of representatives in the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. So the definition of human does not include Black, Black people. No. The perception is that we are not human. Right. That's why the things that are done can be done. And truly, that's why those within other marginalized groups try so hard to disassociate with us or to keep their children from associating with us because they literally fear mm. the definition of inhuman. And you see it in every aspect of life. I serve on a committee, Black Health Initiative, that looks at the number of mothers and babies that are lost in childbirth. Most people don't realize that in mm. today, right now, in 2020, you are almost four times as likely as a black woman to die, die. Mm -hmm. or lose your child, infant mortality, mm. as your non-black counterpart. Yes, ma'am. In 2020, y'all, medical science has evolved to this point, but that's still the case. And it's healthcare, it's education, it's law enforcement, it's realty. We were talking just the other episode about how you're told by real estate agents yeah. not to leave any identifying marks in your home when you're trying to sell it because you cannot sell it as a person of color right. or a mixed couple yep. because people won't buy it. So when you look at the fact that it touches every aspect of your life, they just made a law in California and in Oregon that said you cannot discriminate against people for wearing their hair the way it naturally grows out of their scalp. Now, you had to make a law about that. That's sad. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Sad. People should be able to wear their hair like they want to wear it. You know what? If you could do the job, then do the damn job. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's so, what has that got that's so unreal. I control that. But you know that you can't hair. exactly, and that's the problem is you cannot control these things that people are. You can't control shadows. your hair any more than I can control this gray. I mean, <laughs> well, I, in fact, I could control the gray because you know I could color it if I chose to. Right. Well, Mary, you know what? What is your your perception? Because I know that your grandbabies are mixed. How do you deal with that? Have you noticed changes like when people see you and you have little grandbabies that are you know? look black or do people say something, something to you at all? Have you ever had that experience? I have had people look at me, then look 
at my grandbabies and frown. And of course, Kayleen, you know me, I have no, I don't have a filter. That's right. And that's all right. Um, you know, I, here's the thing, background on me. I grew up in Oklahoma, Kansas, you know, Oklahoma. Um, the word, and sorry, ladies, the word nigger was Use it. thrown around in my house like nobody's mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what it meant because I never met a black person until I was in third grade. When I was in third grade, me and this little girl, you know, I didn't, it, she was, her and I were in class together. We were both the only two that were in the uh, advanced reading class. You know, we just, we re- did our classes together, all of that. She was going to come stay the night with me. And of course, I wrote, we always lived out in the Boontoonies, so she was going to ride the bus with me. Uh-uh. Segregated busing. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let her ride the bus with me. Mm. And that was the first time I understood that there was a difference. Mm. You know, she was my friend. That's all yeah, I knew. Right. You know, um, the fact that she was black made no difference to me. Right. But yeah, but they would not let her ride the bus with me. And that's not that's not surprising to me um, mm-hmm. at all. But it's that learned behavior that you were trying not to. Right. But if you think that's about it, and I wanted to, I wanted to point. Friend. Yeah, for sure. I wanted you to point this out earlier. A girl that what you were hanging out with, you learned that there was something negative associated with that when you invited your friend home. And she couldn't even get on the bus with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and her mom said okay, and my mom said okay. I mean, there was notes passed back and forth, phone calls. Well, that bus, the school, would not let her on our bus. Yeah, that's just that's crazy. Not surprising, but crazy, you know. You know, I did the typical. Grew up in Oklahoma. Got married to this big old white man um, who I had, you know, I did what I was supposed to do and it never felt right. And Mm. I was raised Catholic and then Pentecostal for Christ's sake. Oh yeah. Didn't we have a conversation about Pentecostals? (laughs) My sisters are, you know, that my, my older sister is. Um, one of my Gary, I love you, but y'all dance too much. Y'all right, folks right. Stay all day. Y'all stay oh, oh, honey, all day. <laughs> they they start talking. The first time I ever went to talking this to church, yeah, it scared the shit out of me. I'm like, what the fuck? Or oh, <laughs> I was running. I was leaving. <laughs> I heard that. But you know, one um, of the points I wanted to bring up to you real quick is before I forget it, because my mind is all over the place since I'm over here stoned. But what I want to say, <laughs> look, and I already forgot what the hell my point was going to be. Um, you blinded his No, no, but, but think about this, though. My think about this, though. How many people, I guarantee you, if we were in a room full of people, okay, let's say, let's say it was 50% black, 50% white. I guarantee you, and they were like, hey, let's do an exchange program. How about you be black for a day? I promise you, every single person would be like, hell no. You know why, why they would say hell no? Because they know how black people are treated in America. You don't want to be treated like that. 
You do not want to be treated like that. Like that. So they wouldn't trade places with you. They would not trade places with you. Did you, did you, uh, what you said reminded me of that situation. Remember when that guy got, uh, he got attacked at the, well, he at, did something at the airport. It was like, uh, early in the year. He did something at the airport. He was a white guy and the police <laughs> jumped on him and he said, why are you treating me like a black man? But Girl, bit up I, my drink. I hit the flow. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. You can look it up. That fool said, why are you treating me like a black man? I was like, no, this fool oh, didn't. Smokes. And I was because thinking, you know, that's right. disgusting that, you know, you doing something wrong. And because you got rough housed up a little bit because you deserved it, you're going to say that should only be happening to black folks. Yep. That just shows you how crooked and disgusting people's thinking is. Because I think what what Kim has said really resonated with me about the about the fact of them saying that uh, the 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 that we don't deserve to be treated as humans. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm I'm gonna tell you something. My uh, nephew, he's mixed. Girl, every child in my family's mixed. We got babies with white in them. We got babies with Mexican in them. Come on now. And it's like that's family. You know, I wish somebody would. And I'll tell you, I wish somebody would, because those babies, the fight that they have is different from ours. It's so horrible. I'll never forget little Dwayne. He was like, um, Didi, what am I? I was like, what? Mm. Girl, it hurt me to hear him say that. I Mm. thought, baby, you're you're black. He said, but my teacher said I'm not black because my mom was white. So what am I? He said, and then, you know, you know, what do I... So his mother told him that he had a beautiful spot on the rainbow and that that his color did not define who he was and he was Dwayne. That's what she told him. You are Dwayne. That's who you are. You're not no color. And it's disgusting that, you know, he had to feel some type of way his sister, that baby, she didn't even like the fact that she had black in her. She finally accepted it. And she's, what, 18 now? That's horrible. I get that. I get it. Girl, I'm freaking 48 I was like, and 49 and have hidden that part of myself woo, for a long, long disgusting. time. You know, it's because I understand it. You know, you know, you know, it, it, it's like the one drop rule. So many of us grew up understanding, and I know you can relate to this, Mary, because Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas, Tennessee, Louisiana, all those places. Kentucky. Kentucky came out of that segregationist mentality. If you had one drop of black blood, you were black. That's how you were defined. That's how you were categorized. That's how you were treated. And so, I mean, it even carries over today. Tiger Woods is multi-ethnic. Said many times he's multi-ethnic, but he's called the first Black, Black golfer mm-hmm. to achieve certain things. Look at our vice president-elect. Mm-hmm. She is multi-ethnic, but she but, identifies as Black because she knows all her life Yes, that's the first thing people said about her. She's right. Black because our history says if you got anything in the mix... If and Mary, I'm gonna use another term that I'm sure you've heard before, ladies, forgive me. 
There was a nigga in the wood pile somewhere. Yep. If that was you, that's how you're categorized. That's how you're classified. And you're right, D'Angela. It is hard to watch your family, especially children, suffer through that identity crisis. Yes. And it is an identity crisis. It mm-hmm. is. I mean, even now I'm, I'm freaking, like I said, I'm about to be 49 and I, ha- I mean, I've had these results for two years and I just could not come to terms with it. And you know what, when that happened to Floyd, something in me snapped, mm-hmm. something in me snapped because there are so many times that we have seen shit go down like that, but not like that on camera, no. nothing like that. I mean, that the man was, was literally murdered. And so that's when it was like, it made me realize, you know, being pulled over by an officer I'm in danger. Mm-hmm. I am in danger because of the color of my skin. Yet I work, you know, with them side by side. But it's a damn catch twenty two because it's kind of like you know a plumber. If a plum- plumber comes to your house and they fuck up your pipes, what are you going to do? You're going to call another plumber. You ain't going to be like, oh, all plumbers are bad. No, you're not going to do that. Okay. Yeah. But with these police officers, it, you know, I, I hate to say it, but if we didn't have the police, it would be total anarchy and chaos out there be complete and total chaos. They're needed. Defunding? Maybe. I don't know. But I think a lot of this restructuring would be a better word. Restructuring, yes. I think a lot of their their behavior, (laughs) it's it's learned. It's learned behavior. For years and years, black people have always been like put on the bottom of the of the list. You know, just like you know, Rosa Parks. People like that finally said enough is enough. And now it's like we haven't seen marches like this since the 60s. Okay. And history repeats itself. And I will always say this. The reason why history repeats itself is because we have not made the necessary changes. Changes. So guess what? When you do not make the necessary changes after all this shit that's happened, guess what? It's going to happen again in like another 20 years. Mm -hmm. The same exact goddamn thing. I'm tired of it. We shouldn't have to fight so hard to be accepted. Right. So then, right. So then my, my thing is this, with that being said, because so many of these people claim to be Christians, okay? Yeah. Oh, girl, come on. So, so, so many of these people who are saying that we're not human and we don't deserve to be treated right because of our color of our skin right. have the nerve to call themselves Christian. Yeah. So then it, then, it go, then, it, then it brings up the question then, so what is your, what are you basing your thinking on? Because God is not partial. Right. You know so what? everybody can't be Jesus, accessible to him. Jesus wasn't white either. So there's no, he that. Wasn't. God but, can't. but the but the point that God cannot be partial, he's not partial. That that wraps it all the way up. Because how are you gonna call yourself a Christian, but then you don't even know what it means? The first two commandments was to love him and then love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. So if you can't even love your neighbor despite their color, because it didn't say love your neighbor because they white. Right. Love your neighbor right. because they Mexican. It says love that your so neighbor. True. There yep. is no color when it calls a talk. Your neighbor is the person that lives next to you. Your neighbor is your human friend, your human family. That's Correct. your neighbor. What Christian so, folks always call me about in the first in the first words of the Bible, what does it say in the creation story? If this is your faith practice, what's the first thing it says? God created man. God created man in his own image. So if you got black people, you got Asian people, you got Mexican people, you got gay people, you got transgender people, you got this, you got that. 
if we were all created in the image of God, then what does that tell you about what God looks like? Mm. Well, his image, but but if you, but think of it a different way. You can think of it that way, but also think about it this way, Mary. I'm sorry. I'm thinking I'm talking to Kim. Is that Kim? I'm sorry, honey, Kim. So, um, because you know, I can't see faces. (laughs) (laughs) What I was going to say was, is that, but you can also be made in a person's image and be able to reflect their qualities. So think about that love, right? Love is a primary quality, right? If they were, if they really thought about, because nowhere does it say that God hates people. No. He he hates what they may do, but he does not say he hates people. It rains on the wicked. It rains on everybody. You hear me? Nobody is excluded. It rains on all of us because he loves us as his children. But for a person to sit up and have the nerve to tell him that he chooses one color over another, that's 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 crazy because there is nothing in the Bible that supports that. Absolutely nothing that supports that train of thinking. So you know it has to be satanic. I'm sorry. Well, and look at the fact that that's why we can't fix it. All of them was card carrying members of the deacons in the church. I know. So for centuries, for generations, Mm -hmm. they have actually tied faith, Christian faith practice to this racism. Disgusting racism. Yep. Yes. And I'm tired of you putting that on God. I'm going to stand up and defend God for a minute. I'm tired of putting that nonsense on God. God didn't say that. He didn't. He He has nothing to do with that. She did not say that. They did not say that. Male and female, they did not say that. The Trinity did not say that. However you want to break it down. Goddess did not say that. Okay. There you go. The goddess did. They didn't say that. Stop putting that on them. But the, the, the but, fact of the matter is, when you do that, what you do is you not only twist and turn people's perception of color and race and ethnicity, you twist and turn people's perception of faith practice faith, right. and twist and turn their relationship, however they choose to find it on their journey. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying one one journey is better than another. Yeah, but you, I think, you take, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say you take that. And right. so you're making up a whole bunch of stuff when you start tying religion or faith or whatever you want to call it to racism and you start justifying it. Mm-hmm. You got people walking up holding Bibles after they then used an army to clear out a whole lot of human he, beings that they've killed with yep. their Confederate flags on their fucking trucks. Boom, girl. They just Boom. forgot that they lost. I don't get that. They didn't lie. It was rigged. But you know what's interesting? Bullshit. <laughs> only half the vote, only half the ballot was rigged. Because all the Republican senators and House of Representatives members who won, that part of the ballot was fine. Right. It was right. the top of the ticket that was invalid. And it's only invalid in counties that are predominantly African American. African American. Yes. Wayne County. <laughs> Mariposa County, though, in um, Arizona. Arizona. Yep. Well, yeah, you look at where all this this uh, mayhem that the 45 is causing is 
in those areas that are concentrations of minorities, you know, yep. there's a concentration of minorities in those areas. And those are the ones that he's questioning why he can't believe that we rose up, we're rising and it's time to, it's time to, to fix it. Detroit and Atlanta. Were the- but, but how, but how can people fix it? How are you going to fix something when people's minds are not prepared to be altered to actually fix something? They're, they're, they have to want to do it. You can't make a person change. They have to want right. to see me as a human being that deserves to be treated equally. They have to they have to want to do these things. People aren't going to just change because you say you need a change. They haven't right. done it yet. Right. You're, it, it's true. It's true. I, I know. It's going to get worse. This is disgusting. Go ahead, Mary. I may not be able to change your mindset, but I can change laws that keep you from lynching me. And that's that's all right. That's true. I think we have to legislate behavior until intention matches behavior. Well, no, I was just, I will never, ever, ever know what it's like to be black ever. Mm -hmm. What I do know is how I feel when somebody looks at my grandbaby with disdain or, you know, when my, sorry, my throat is getting froggy. You're good. When my sister's husband found out that my daughter was pregnant, he wanted to know if she was having a nigger baby. Oh my God. Oh Um, shit. Cindy's husband. Wow. Ex-husband now. Um, Yeah. I wanted to know. And then when she was pregnant, and her kids are 10 years apart. When she was pregnant again, same thing. Is it a nigger baby? Mm. <laughs> now, I I don't hold any punches back. I don't. And I, Kayleen, you see the shit I post. Yeah, I, of course. Absolutely. You know, um, I may be white. I may not ever know what it's like to be black. But I know what it's like to love my grandbabies. Yeah. And, You know, I used to, I was one of those, I don't see color people because I Mm -hmm. didn't understand the connotation of that. Because when it comes to love, I love my grandson. Well, love has nothing to do with color when it comes Mm -hmm. to that equation. Mm -hmm. Right. If I had to explain my grandbaby to the policeman, He's a brown baby. He's not, he's not white. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to take his, I took him to my son's wedding in North Carolina. I had to take his birth certificate with me and a letter from his mother saying that um, he was with me because he's a little black boy. (laughs) Only now he's a huge black boy. (laughs) He is um, not even 12 and a half. He's over six foot tall and wow. over 250 pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's no little boy. He's a big which boy. Which scares me because he looks so mm-hmm. much older than he is. We've right. already we've already done the talk, you know. Mm-hmm. Be, and, you know, his dad was real dark. My daughter's Safeway Chicken White, too. Um, Donovan is kind of down the middle brown, you know. Um, we had to, with him being so big, 
um, and looking so much older than he is. You yeah, know, scary. Yeah. Donovan, if a cop drives up to you Ooh. and stops while you're walking down the sidewalk, you keep your hands where he can see you. It's yes, sir, no, sir. No sudden moves. Don't reach for anything. He's 12. Mm. And to, to your point, to your point, this, what you just said is a prime example of white privilege. You tell me today how many white people are telling their son exactly the same thing you guys just had to tell Donovan. Nobody. Nobody. They're not sitting there saying, son, no. you stop by the cops, put your hands up, put mm-hmm. them on the steering wheel, make sure they see them, don't make any sudden moves. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. You don't hear that shit coming out of white people's homes at all because mm-hmm. they don't have to deal with that. No, they and don't. And, and a lot of them don't believe in white privilege. And I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. A lot, I've talked to so many people that are like, there's no white privilege. What? You guys get scholarships, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Kiss my ass because you want to know what those scholarships are. They're $500 scholarships and there's 5,000 people going for that one scholarship. So no, 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 no. We are not getting special treatment. And I hate people like that, that just assume that that's what's happening. You know, like affirmative action. There's a goddamn reason why affirmative action exists. It's because nobody could move up in their jobs. That's why it exists. Let's talk about economics, shall we? <laughs> Let's look at the agricultural industry. One of the largest revenue generating industries in the world, not the country, the world. world. Yep. Tobacco harvesting. What free labor was used for that? What hmm. minimally paid labor is still being used for that? Same that was you let's talk cotton. okay yep and so we're let's the talk mills. a little bit about co- let's talk a little bit about the entire clothing industry multi-billion dollar industry what are most of your clothes made of what did they start out as it's based on the cotton industry yeah so and even sports today classic example college sports how much money did they used to generate? They can't now because you can't fill stadiums. But how much money did those young men, many of whom didn't even have health insurance when they came to college, many of whom were contingent upon that scholarship just to get through school because their parents were not given equal economic opportunity, even though they have the skill sets because in one of these shows, we talked about the fact that even though you have increased knowledge, you have increased formal education, you're paid pennies on the dollar. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but if you were in a wealth sharing system and those institutions were forced to share a percentage of the revenue that mm-hmm. those young men generate for them, huh? Imagine what would happen. That's just too much like, like right. Come on. That's just like people say, oh, well, professional athletes are so overpaid and they're not worth that much. Bullshit. Really? Really? <laughs> they jeopardize okay. themselves with that. Okay. Let Have you heard of CTE? Right. Have you heard of the fact that literally it's the gift that just keeps on giving? Yep. And these young men have to start in peewee leagues. They have done this to their bodies, their entire lives, just to get uh-huh. to that point. So, okay, let's not do high salaries. Let's not do endorsements. 
Let's just do profit sharing. How about you give your stars a percentage of the revenue that they generate for you? Mm. Oh, huh? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Yeah, right. We don't want to do that, do we? Oh, no, because it would be a hell of a lot more than you pay them. Well, and, the you know, here's the thing. Basketball, football. Acting. It, it's Mac- huh. Viola Davis. Yes. We'll talk about that in a second. Powerhouse. <laughs> you know, all of these men and women, you know, Violet, but as far as sports, these black men put their bodies on the line. I'd be interested to see if there's a pay disparity within the mm-hmm. white and black players. There, but, there possibly is. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's probable because I don't know. I just know that. <clears throat> You know, women are paid way less than they are for being professional athletes. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, they deserve what they make because they have worked their asses off. Most of them through college as well Mm -hmm. to do this, to entertain the masses. You know, these colleges make a fucking bank off yep. these players to get, you know, and I, yeah, okay. There's some of them give out, what do they call them? Okay, I'm word finding. Help me. Girl, Royal, I don't know. Were Need they space scholarships? No, no. Um, where they give the players extra stuff while they're like in college. endorsements. Oh, endorsements. And endorsements? thank you. Yeah. Um, but they. But that disturb. can't happen in college. That's what I'm saying. It, it yeah, does, illegal. but it can't. You know it does. Um, yeah, that's what I said. It does, but it can't. I'm sure um, it does, but you can't, and you can't talk about it. Yeah. A lot of unsaid things in, in college athletics that happen behind the scenes, which I know because I was a college athlete. But, um, you know. But see, why is that the case? I mean, let's be honest. Why is it illegal? You are know. using these young men and women's know. bodies their mind and the first time because I originally went to a school but, but you've already but, but in college you know they say you've already got a scholarship so that's your money you know what I'm saying the minute you break your leg mm-hmm. or the minute you find yourself on a bye Felicia bye Felicia yep mm-hmm. you're sitting you're sitting out for a year and if you can't recuperate there goes your entire your entire career, career. Yeah. but um Education. what I wanted to say was Viola Davis came out and said pay me my worth Right, because she's being underpaid. But if you watch that video, she's like, "You." I told them they're gonna pay me my worth. I know, and I was right. I was so proud of her for doing that. Me um, too. Because, I loved it. Yeah, because, that's like um, um, hello, Kamala Harris saying, mm-hmm. "I'm speaking." You know, exactly. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. I'm you speaking. Know. Yeah, because we're relegated to a status that makes it okay to talk over us. But we're mm-hmm. ready to status that makes it okay to shoot us 15 times in the back. Right. We're ready mm-hmm. status. And and I understand your contradiction though, okay, because you make a good point. That's just like those of us who have members of our family who are in law enforcement. And you go to that field. Or it's like those of us who have members of our family or even classmates. I have a lot of classmates who served in the military. It's like we don't get 
the same influence or impact on our industry that others do. We don't get to come in as a rookie cop and say, look, I see some stuff going on here that's not okay. And if it seems this way, it might improve that. We don't get that because then everybody shuts you out and, oh, that's a snitch and you can't be bothered with them. And right. pretty soon you find yourself fighting for your career. Mm-hmm. So how do you but, guys, how do you think we fix this though? How do you think we fix this? Because technically it is learned behavior, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to to uh, belittle people for their color, to belittle people for their race, et cetera. How do we fix that? And this that's that's one of the biggest things is this has been going on forever. It's going to continue to go on until we fix it. But I'm not quite sure that I have a way to fix it. You know, in my opinion, if we can just see each other as human beings rather than races, we might be I mean, we might be OK. But at the same time, you still need races because let's say, OK, I'm, I'm just going to say it. So somebody shoots somebody. What are you going to do? Say he was human. No, you're going to have to say he was black. This is, this is what I saw. He was Mexican. This is what I saw. He was white. This is what I saw, you know? Um, so I, I don't know how we fix this whole entire, this whole entire thing because racism is all over. It's not just in the Americas. It's not just in the United States. It's over in England. It's over mm-hmm. in Ireland. It's India. all over the place mm-hmm. right now. I mean, you know, 45 is in the most powerful position in the world, the world. And he basically has taken us off that top tier. Oh, yeah, because he's just a blubbering idiot. And so poor Biden is going to have to fix shit. That's are you kidding? Did you see all those people welcoming him and congratulating him? And, you know, yeah, all the all the everybody (laughs) in the world. I mean, having celebrated London lit off fireworks. France told their bells. But I don't know. How do we how do we fix this? This whole because I feel like we've taken a step backwards, obviously, in the last four years. I mean, when you're at, you know, when you have a you have a divisive man running the country and he's holding these rallies, which he's been holding since right after he got into office, and looks at them and says, "Hey, beat them up, get them the hell out of here." Why? And, and every single person he said that to was black. Look at how he treats the black reporters when they ask, them, especially the women. No, no, you're always asking me stupid questions. You have to get in their in people's faces and here's why I say that think about what it took how long it took to get gay marriage passed and I know that's not a good example but it's what I'm using but but it's true though um, you have to get in, you have to get in their face you have to keep educating you have to have people stand up and fight But how do you, how do you educate people that don't want to be educated? How do you, because there are those people that are just rooted in the ways they think. Like, Uh, like for example, they're going to become the minority. My sister voted for 45 because he's a Christian. Get the hell out of here. Are you all high? man ain't no more Christian than I'm black. Than I am. He ain't no more, girl, we know Kayleen ain't Christian, but I'm more Christian than that guy. But you know what it is? We have to stop pussyfooting around the issue. Nothing ever gets healed as long as it's covered up. No, you're right. We in this country will not tell the truth. Mm -hmm. We keep saying, 
oh, well, it's the fringes of society. Oh, well, it's the fringes of society. No, it's 74 million folks. Yeah. Okay. Let's tell That's the crazy. truth. Here's we're going to have to look each other in the eye and tell each other the truth. And then secondly, we're going to have to understand that until people's intention catches up with their behavior, we're going to have to legislate their behavior. It's going to have to be a standard of accountability. And put the and fucking we voting rights act back. Okay, you got to put the Voting Rights Act back. You got to look at reform of law enforcement. You got to look at reform of systems. Stop calling this a one-off. You said this, Kayleen, and it's absolutely true. It's not about the individual people in the uniform. It's about the system that breeds an ideology that makes it okay. Yeah, Until because we they think they're superior over everybody, right? I mean, they think it's powerful. It's a powerful position. So a lot of them exert that power. In the wrong ways. I was why not it, why not flip that power and use it for something positive, which there are positive see. cops, man. You guys don't hear yeah. about this shit, but you know, with the homeless population here, there are plenty of cops who have been like, Okay, I need to find this person a shelter. I can't find them the shelter. So you know what they've done out of their own damn pocket? They took them to a motel. This is where you're gonna stay tonight, you're gonna have a nice place to stay, you're gonna be warm and you're gonna be able to take a shower and you're gonna be you're gonna have food, you're good. So yeah, I mean if we could somehow spin that around and, and no, I don't believe everybody gets a damn blue ribbon. I'm a coach. I don't coach that way. You earn your position. Okay. But I don't know where they get this ideas, these ideas from, you know, half the time that they do. It's I'm sorry. That's a power thing, Kayleen. It's a power thing. You put these white men, these racist son of a bitches on in a position that they know that they, I mean, it's the same. A lot of, Cops are domestic abusers. Yes. That's true. I mean, it's not are all of them? No, but there are those. But it also is a very attractive position to a white man that wants to be powerful. So But see, racism is so institutionalized. Look how many areas it it covers. Yeah. It doesn't just cover law enforcement. It doesn't just cover health care. It doesn't just cover education. It covers real estate. It sure. covers finance. It, thank you. It covers career. Everything. And see, the problem is people don't recognize the kind of pressure that that puts on the victims of racism mm -hmm. because the human spirit can only take so much. So much, yeah. But some people don't care. And you, there you go, Mary. That's the whole you point. <laughs> some people don't care. Everybody poo-pooed Biden when he came out and said, hate doesn't die. It mm -hmm. just hides. We have got to stand up in this country, look ourselves in the face, just like a drug addict yep. has to look themselves in the face and admit, I got a problem. An alcoholic has to look themselves in the face and say, I got a problem. We in this country have got to look ourselves in the face and say, when 40% or 50% of this nation's population believes that what is happening is okay, mm -hmm. there is a problem in this nation and it needs to be fixed. Well, we're yeah. looking at, we're looking but it's at so 73, million, 73 million people voted for Donald Trump while 79 million people voted for Biden. However, what I'm not understanding how all these 70 million people voted for Trump 
you cannot tell me that you don't have friends that are black. You don't have some family members that are black, Mexican, whatever minority. And to me, remember that's what I goddamn face. Remember what I just said? They don't care. Mm-hmm. 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 <coughs> and Good Kayleen, point. you know, and that's I, what, I, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm just, I was just going to say dealing with so many of these people in Oklahoma. When I went back for that year, Kayleen, yeah, it strangled me. It fucking, fucking, fucking strangled me. Between being gay and between dealing or seeing all the racist bullshit, I, oh my god, I had to come back. There was no because way your I, spirit couldn't take it. Your mind couldn't take it. That I kind have, of pressure breaks a person. I haven't lived and there since ninety-seven. That. Yeah, I haven't lived there since 97. And, oh, sorry, I am so froggy. You know, you take your time, babe. Anyways, um, so I, I, I cannot remember the point I was going after. <laughs> <laughs> That's called our age is showing, girl. Uh, girl I, see, you got me all, I'm, I'm all fired up now. Um, you have to just fight. I'm, I will fight. I mean, and that's what it's come down to again is, is, and, and we're fighting, but we're doing it right. You know, like we're out there marching, doing everything we can, but it's funny how everybody's like, oh, well, these black people are, are causing problems. They're burning down buildings and shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you guys just arrest somebody that was white for uh, burning down the police station? Oh, yeah, right. That's right. See, that's not those what we're talking about. boys and those Boogaloo boys were all out there. Yes. Doing, yes. I mean, they've got it documented but yet they over, still and over, want, and over Yes, but they still want to put it on the black man and the minorities as being the ones that are starting trouble. Dude, everybody was gone by like 536 o'clock. That, I, that's contacted Kim, I contacted Kim after one of these rallies to make sure she was okay because I will never forget this. I was watching it live and I don't know if it's Channel 9 or Channel 7, but the, the actual reporter and this was like this the first night downtown or maybe the second night the actual reporter was down there when they started doing all the pepper spray and all that and his ass says he starts looking around and he goes damn he goes it's mighty white out here like he mm. literally I that did that, I that. Mouth. and i was like i was so shocked i was like thank you because right before he said that i looked at tina i said you gotta look at this video I go, look at these people all running it, around. It was all white said, people. How many black people do you count? I said, I think I count four people and the rest were white. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a tough conversation here. We could obviously go on and on and on about this conversation. <laughs> and, and probably it's not even done. We didn't even hit the, you know, like the tip of the iceberg on this subject. But we're all, we're, we're basically out of time. We ran overtime and it's hard <laughs> to get people's attention for over an hour. But um, yeah. So I'm going to stop it right here. And I want to thank you guys for coming on. I want to thank you guys for sharing your stories. I want to thank you guys for being here with me. Um, as usual, it's awesome to talk to like-minded people. Um, and you guys, thank you for um, allowing the Caucasian persuasion here to join. <laughs> we of need course. you, baby. We're we happy to you. have you here. And especially since you had those experiences with your grandbabies, you know, and them growing up in a world that is just right now chaotic. And it's, you know, this whole, this whole, uh, Corona thing is not helping us. You know what I mean? It's just making shit worse. But, um, 
thank you guys for being here. Thank you for expressing your feelings. Thank you for talking about this. This is probably not the last time we're going to end up talking about this. We're probably going to bring this back up at some point because we're not even done. We didn't even barely touch the surface. There's so much more to talk about. But, you know, it was good to be able to talk to people about this. And hopefully somebody out there listens to this and they're like, yeah, I get this. Yes. Right. Boom, boom. Anybody else have anything else to say before I, I call it? D'Angelo, thank you. Well, Go ahead. Well, the only thing that I would like to say, I'm sorry I'm not on video, is the fact that, you know, I think the, the saddest part of all this is that it's a subject that affects everyone. I don't care what color you are, because we're so interblended, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to the way we love, you know, right. and the family, you know, there is no color when it comes to love. I think Mary had said that earlier. So, to say that it's going to be something that we have to do. It's so individual. Yeah. It starts with us as individuals to try and attack this as a whole, because the inner person, if you can't reach the inner person, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It does not matter. So the inner person of people have to want to change. People have to want to see things get better. And I mean, are the children, I mean, in the, at the end of the day, everybody's going to suffer if we don't individually make a change for the better. True. True. And it starts with us. We all have free will. Yep. You know what I mean? We all have free will. This is why I believe yep. in science because we have yep. free will. And if we, if we don't use that free will and we let everybody else just influence our opinions without doing the research yeah. and without even knowing what's going on, yeah. then that's on you. And you know, right. I have eliminated so many people from my Facebook because Me too. of this, this stuff, because I'm sorry, I'm not going to be your token Come Mexican on. or black it's not going to happen. On. So if you want to go out there and you want to throw your crap out there on your own Facebook, sure. That's your Facebook wall. You can say whatever the hell you want. I don't care, but I'm telling you this, it shows me your true colors and it shows that I truly don't matter to you. And I'm okay with that. I am perfectly fine with that because you know what? My circle is small and it's that way for a reason. It's that way mm -hmm. for a reason. And you know, I'm still deleting people left and right. Go ahead, post something stupid. I'm going to delete your ass and I don't care because you know what? You're not in my everyday life. It does not matter. And yep. if they want to post that bullshit on their wall, fine. But yep. don't come disrespecting people on my wall. Boom. Thank you. That happens so many times. I mean, you know, when people come on my wall, they better be prepared for a fight because my friends are going to just jump on your ass in two seconds for, for posting something stupid. If you don't, if you cannot logically and realistically defend your position, don't shut put up. it out there. <laughs> just yeah. shut up. But just shut, shut up. Shut the hell up. But because anyway. No, we cannot agree to disagree and still mm -hmm. love each other Thank as you. long as our disagreement is rooted in my oppression yes. or mm -hmm. my exactly. non-existence. Yeah, I, I know cannot like that. That's I right. Can't I can't have it both tell ways. You how many mm -hmm. times I've heard that over me being gay. Oh, mm -hmm. girl. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. So see, I mean, you can totally relate because, you know, even it doesn't, I don't think it matters if you're white, black, Mexican, whatever, you can still relate, especially gays. Gays are discriminated, discriminated against each other on a daily basis. So, but that's another show, Mary. But, uh, <laughs> which is why we look so, crazy not putting so black anyway, and brown folks on the I, flag. I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, to shut this down now because, you know, and I'm over here trying to ignore Kim's damn ass. <laughs> leave, it to Kim. <laughs> leave it to Kim but anyway you guys thank you guys so much for being here thank and you, um, thank you for inviting me 
Yep. Thanks this for inviting me. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm, nice I'm so glad to have you, you guys. And this nice is meeting you too. Yeah. Been... I wish I could have seen your pretty faces. <laughs> right. And this has been a uh, talk amongst friends. Thank you guys for being here. And that concludes this episode of talk amongst friends. Thank you for joining us.